E eu? Here we go, continuing to roll along with you on this Friday in the Farm Bureau studio, connected to you via C Spire. Hey, are you sleeping well at night? I mean, you got a lot of reasons to maybe stay up at night. You're worried about the coronavirus. I understand that. Worry is one thing. That might be something you just can't control sometimes. You worry about something, you you know, get up in the middle of the night. But one thing you can control Sleep on a good mattress. It's awful to you can't sleep because you the doggone bed's uncomfortable, right? Well, I want you to help yourself by going to nestandwild.com. I've mentioned them to you before. I just want to make sure you know who they are. And if you need the info, you'll have it, okay? Nest and Wild is a Mississippi company that makes mattresses. All American-made, everything, all parts, all from the mattress to the base, it's all American-made, and it's really high-quality mattresses, okay? Every size, for instance, from twin mattresses on up to the biggest one, the California King, it's 12 inches thick, not like the 8-inch or 10-inch mattresses that we're sleeping on now that you're buying from a lot of places. Every one they have is 12 inches thick, very high-quality, and they'll deliver it to your door in three to five days. You can sleep on it for up to 99 nights, and there are tremendous discounts right now going on. Many of you have actually responded, and um, I have too. My wife and I are sleeping on a mattress right now from Nest and Wild. It's one of the reasons that I'm happy to tell you about it because it is really the real deal, and you're going to see that. So go to nestandwild.com, order your mattress, shows up in three to five days, a great Mississippi company. It'll help you sleep better, I promise you. All right, so check it out if you haven't already. Many have. Let's see here. How about this text on the country pleasing text line from Grumpy? Beaver, you're going to want to perk up. Grumpy says, Mrs. Grumpy let me go to country pleasing meats, country meat packers on Highway 49 there in Florence yesterday. Grumpy says they were so nice and helpful. And I wanted to get Beaver some maple-flavored sausage, but they were out. Tell Beaver to be patient. I'm going back uh, next week when they have some. He said, appreciate you and Beaver. That's from Grumpy. Whoa, Grumpy. That's awesome. You know, here's one thing I've noticed, Beaver. He's got this name, Grumpy, and it must be like when we give the nickname Tiny to some great big guy because (laughs) Grumpy is the nicest guy. He's not Grumpy at all. No, look, the man was randomly going to get me, someone he doesn't even know, sausage. He's going to get a complete stranger sausage. Mm-hmm. You are not a grumpy person. That's awesome, grumpy. I, I yeah. very much appreciate the thought. I will be patient. Um, that's that's awesome, man. Yeah, that's, it's great. And hey, y'all bring it to him. And seriously, Beaver, don't fret about waiting a few days to get some of that maple flavor. Mm-hmm. Um, we, I'm. Here's the deal. I ate a package of it. The first time I began to cook some of it, I could not believe the smell. It smelled like pancakes. <laughs> it has the it makes your kitchen it has the best smell while it's cooking and it is so good. Um so I went on and on about it. I had one package of it. And I went through it pretty quickly. I haven't gotten any more. And right after I talked about it on the radio, I think they started selling out of it. But what happened is people that got it, 
began to go right back to get some more of it and right back to get some more. <laughs> so trust me, it's really, and I tell you what else I'm looking forward to. I mentioned going fishing this afternoon. So my wife, the homecoming queen, she plans out our meals. And so like she has a plan for the whole week. As of Sunday, each week, she knows what we're having for dinner on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday for the whole next week. Tonight, and it's already planned, you know, has been, we looked at the forecast. We're going to fire up the grill and build a fire out here. Um, and we're going to cook some stuff outside here for supper tonight. But the biggest thing was my daughter wants me to build the fire in the big fire pit and wants to, you know, cook hot dogs and marshmallows over the fire. That's what she wants to do. So we're going to do that here on Friday night. Well, I'm, I... I will be cooking country pleasing sausage over the fire for old Matt tonight. I'm not against hot dogs. It's just when I have the option, I'm obviously going to choose. And for that, I like the original flavor. And I tell you, you know, you we, we get all excited about all the different flavors that they have, pineapple and the green onion and the jalapeno cheddar and the four cheese and all that. Listen, the original smoked sausage flavor of country pleasing, it actually may be my favorite. So y'all try that if you haven't just gotten the original. And Grumpy, I appreciate the text and uh, uh, and the heads up on that. Jason says, me and Beaver would get along. Said so the championship tournament. I loved WrestleMania. And uh, okay, and so Randy Macho Man Savage, his wife was Miss Elizabeth. Gotcha. Gotcha. All right. Uh, listen, y'all need to know this. These are conversations. I did catch the very end of Chris Brooks' show where he was discussing that Kirk Herbstreet apparently either did an interview or said it on ESPN or something uh, that he would be very surprised if college football and NFL football was played this fall. And that does, to me, I agree with Chris. Boy, that really seems out over your skis from Herb Street. That really seems cart before the horse, but I mean, he could be right because nobody knows anything, but that's the point. Why would we go, you know, super negative right there when we don't know? Uh, maybe he knows something we don't, I, but I don't think he does. You know, if the president and his people are scrambling day by day to get through it and figure this thing out, I imagine Kirk Herb Street's the same way. Okay. So I'll, I'll agree with Chris Brooks on that, but, I wanted to point this out. I don't remember who tweeted it yesterday. I glanced at it, and it was um, some pretty interesting info. It was from someone who covers college football. I went back today to try to find it. I don't know who the writer is. I wish I could credit them uh, for the tweet. But it simply said that they had gotten some information that college football leaders had been discussing things in conference calls and meetings constantly about possible options. If you can't, you know, send the season off without a hitch the first weekend in September, like always, including ideas of only a 10 game season idea. There was the idea and, and discussed trying to look at all the logistics and financials and everything of only playing conference games, an only conference game schedule, like fewer games. And then at the bottom of the tweet, it said, along with less optimistic options that they discussed. 
as a fan, it may not be pleasant, but you and I need to know what's being said about it right now, even here in March. So here's this from AL.com. Bob Bowlesby said yesterday during a teleconference, there is a chance college football games this fall could be played in stadiums without fans. Uh, they also announced, the NCAA also announced yesterday that they're going to distribute $225 million to Division One members. Um, that is, they say, a whopping $375 million less than had been budgeted at uh, after the coronavirus pandemic forced the cancellation of the big basketball tournament, which is the big you know, moneymaker. But you have this guy, Bol- uh, Bowlesby, the commi- I should have said this, he's the commissioner of the Big 12. So he's like the Greg Sankey out West. And he said, there is a chance. We're in unprecedented times. And we could have football games being played without fans. Now, it's hard to wrap your head around sitting here on Friday, March 27th, of how or why that would be the case. Because you have 100 players, well, let's say 65 dressed out on one football team, 65 on the other, 22 guys on the field hitting each other and bleeding on each other and spitting on each other and slobbering on each other and sweating on each other. So, like, my thing is, where would this thing have to be with what we know, the way it's transmitted and the way it is contagious? Where would this thing, where would we have to go in this whole cycle for it to be okay to put 120 college athletes together, a gathering of 120 athletes with 22 of them on the field at the same time, touching each other, breathing on each other and all, everything else I said. For that to be okay, while at the same time it's not okay for the fans to be there. Do y'all get what I'm saying? I mean, when I read, I understand they're looking at all possibilities. It's not like he knows that's going to happen. I know it's just a possibility. But what I'm saying is, if you're telling me, okay, we could, right now they're saying no gatherings larger than 10 people. Because we're going to, the numbers equate to slowing the spread of this thing if we stay 10 or fewer people. So you're telling me in the fall it's going to be okay to have 120 people all gathered together and up to 22 of them, you know, blowing snot on each other at the line of scrimmage. But it ain't okay to put people in the stands. That, that, the whole logic of that doesn't make sense to me. It seems to me you're either going to have football or you're not. Maybe I'm the crazy one. Maybe just like Kirk Herbstreet, I need to zip it. I'll do that right now. Stick around. Twenty-five seconds left to play. You're listening to the Matt Wyatt Show. I want winners. This crowd is alive. Play to win the game. Wyatt from the shotgun, two backs alongside. Knock him out, John. Wyatt gets the ball. Won't be long. Wyatt back to throw. Wyatt looks. Fires toward the end zone. Passes. Caught for touchdown by Matthew Butler. 
speak to. They are who we thought they were. And we let them off the hook. I get out of hand. Just, just tell me I'm a jerk and shut up. Let's go scatter the west right tight. That's left. 372 Y sticks. He's The Matt Wyatt Show. He's Radio Wyatt. Well, how am I going to go to college? I'll just play football. Everybody, let's go. Hour number two of the Friday show has begun. It is underway. I'm Matt in the Farm Bureau studio. Farm Bureau, go! With the home team, taking your texts and your calls and your tweets and your whatnots and things and suches, all that kind of stuff. (laughs) Cover it here on the show. Lots of ways for you to be a part of it, as you can tell. Coming to the phone in just a sec. Just want to remind you really quickly, if you're tuning in, hey to everybody on Facebook, by the way, watching the live stream there, facebook.com slash Radio Wyatt. Gail over here on Facebook said, I wish they'd give the number of the people who survived this virus. We need to see those numbers. (laughs) So far, yeah, have survived it. And the thing is, too, you know what's weird about that? You're starting to hear, like, legit people talk about the idea there may be a bunch of us who have had it and survived it and didn't know we had it my wife is convinced i had it before anybody knew it was hanging around over here because that stuff that crud that i went through and again it was about a month ago right yeah so at the end of february that's right it was about one month ago and man i could not stop coughing and at night i'd cough until i was blue in the face and I spent about a week and a half, you know, and walked to the top of the stairs to go into the office and out of breath. And, you know, t- I thought I had the flu and it was negative for that and negative for strep and down and out. And I had a few days where I thought I'm going to get up and do the radio show and then just couldn't do it. And, well, you know, that could have just been the crud because this thing hits people so much harder. Yeah, again, obviously to the point of death, that's something I recovered from. So how do you know? I just don't know. I don't. No. Maybe Ponto knows because he's hanging on the Divini Equipment phone line over here. Divini Equipment in Madison and in Jackson. You're a Kubota dealer. The oldest Kubota dealer in the U.S. means they've been doing it better, longer than anyone else. Ponto, thanks for calling me. What's up? I'm going to give Beaver a, a destination for the country police and sausages and a respond to to Kirk, Herb Street, he don't know what he's talking about. We got Donald Trump. Donald Trump is not going to pull the plug on college football and NFL. No way. Not even if the virus worsens. And you probably are right. You probably had coronavirus or allergies. I'm 75, never had a flu shot, never had the flu, never had a cold. I'm immune to all that stuff. But I sure got allergies. Sure do. Mm. So you probably had allergies or coronavirus. Hey, I bet you're dealing no, with this. You're in, you're really enjoying this pollen we have right now, aren't you, Ponto? I just don't try to, try to pay attention to it and just make sure I drink orange juice. And uh, you know, every now and then I'll take an Advil. And uh, I don't take any prescription medicine whatsoever. I don't trust doctors. No, I don't. Yeah. Take nothing. Over the counter only. Every now and then, you know, something for a decongestion. But they're allergies. That's probably what you had. Our coronavirus, the coronavirus has been around for almost a year. They know that. Started last year. So anyway, but they're not going to pull the plug. Donald Trump will not allow it. There's no way. He's a business guy. It's too much money. 
Okay. Now, it could be if we've got people start dying, yeah, there's no way. But uh, if it continues like it is, we're about to see the thing wind down sometime in the month of May back to normal. Okay. Herb is doom and gloom. It shouldn't be doom and gloom when you don't know. I'm not a prophet. Yeah, I'm with you on that. No yeah, way. you know, let's let's go glass half full until we until I, we can't. I agree with right. the homecoming queen. You, the homecoming queen is probably right. You probably had it. I mean, David Johnson's got it. Man, you know, we need to pray for him. Hey, did listen, did Chris say that David is doing a little better? Well, he's got it. His wife's got it. I think uh, he was better, but then he took a turn for the worse. Yeah, okay, I'm not sure. okay. I need to get an update. But Pond- we, need, we need to keep praying for Ben Howland. And the pirate, because they're senior citizens. <laughs> Just keep away from old people. That's so I it. Guess me. <laughs> yeah, it's you, and I'm getting there too. Thanks, Ponto. Appreciate the call, man. Thank you. God bless. God bless you. Hey, look over here, our man JB, Doctor Brojo, Mister Bro- John Brazier himself, Brother John. Hey, JB, at church, do they call you? You know, like. In the Baptist churches growing up, you know, your pastor was like, like my pastor growing up was a guy named Joe Lennox. We called him Brother Joe. Did people call you Brother John? I tell you what's funny about that. My dad was also a pastor growing up. We'd go to church and everybody called him Brother Joe. His name's Joe. And so one day I just started calling him at home, calling him Brother Daddy. <laughs> calling him Brother Daddy. Do they call you Brother John? Brother John sent us a tweet over here with a picture of, in the package, some country-pleasing sausage, the jalapeno and cheddar flavor. And apparently he is insinuating that he was going to bring this to Beaver earlier in the week, but because of the whole separation and shutdown and quarantine and social distancing thing, he stayed away and has eaten it instead. I think that's the way I read it anyway. We'll get an update on all that stuff later. We're going to get Beaver some country-pleasing sausage for sure. Hey, right now, it's a real pleasure to talk to a friend uh, and someone that you probably have heard of, you've heard from, you've read in the newspaper or on his very successful blog, you've read his cookbooks, you either own or have been to a home with one of them cookbooks sitting on a shelf in the kitchen. He is uh, really the foremost chef and restaurateur in the state of Mississippi. I'm trying my best to make him blush, but I can't see him, so I'm just going to assume that he is. Robert St. John on your radio. Hey, Matt. How are you, buddy? Hey, I'm doing great. Uh, the question is, how are you? Well, you know, uh, not the best time uh, to be in the restaurant business nowadays, but uh, we are. it's a good time to be in the toilet paper business or the grocery store business, it appears. But, yeah, right. You know, we're... Uh, getting through my main concern has been um what i'm what i'm able to do for these 300 employees we have down here you know we have six restaurants and two bars and 300 employees and today we maybe have 12 people working so um several most of the restaurants have shut down we have two open uh right now tabella our italian restaurant that that likely might be able to kind of uh make it through this whole thing crescent city grill uh, is open today, and we've kind of, um, you know, modified some things, and we're doing curbside carryout, and we actually are delivering. So, okay, um, just trying to do what we can do and uh, keep everybody safe and healthy, 
And, you know, but there's there's a little silver lining in everything, as, as bad as this is uh, for the world, really. And in my instance, it's been a, a great opportunity to uh, spend time with my wife and two kids. I have a 22-year-old daughter and an 18-year-old son, mm-hmm. um, both of whom were in college. She, uh, she uh, is at the University of Southern Mississippi. He was a freshman at Mississippi State, and so now they're both home doing college from home and you know we uh, we're cooking I'm cooking dinner with my son a lot and we you know we're having three meals a day together and we're Attaboy. sitting on the front porch and and those kind of things so that that's been nice yeah well you know i guess there's always an element of of life goes on until it doesn't you know we just figure things yeah. out and 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 positive people look for that ha- glass half full um robert um I, I, you mentioned your college age kids are home. Do you help them with their coursework? <laughs> <laughs> he's in. Uh, he's a freshman in majoring in business, so he hadn't gotten into his business courses yet. Okay. I might be able to do that. He had college algebra last semester and uh, did about as well as I did when I took college algebra. <laughs> it took me uh, a couple of tries. Uh-huh. He did marginally better than I did my uh, freshman year at Mississippi State, but that that's a pretty low bar. Matt. <laughs> well, uh, my daughter is in. My daughter spent four years at Mississippi State, um, trying to really she she couldn't really figure out. She thought she wanted to work with special needs kids. She did that for a couple of years, then kind of went in. Thought she might go into nursing, and then with psychology. We always thought she should go into interior design, and, you know, Mississippi State has a great program in that. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. So we got her a tour before her freshman year, and but she thought she wanted to work with special needs kids, which was admirable. So yeah. we went with that, and about two months left in her fourth year with a ton of hours behind her, she came home and said, I think I want to go into interior design. <laughs> and so we said, well, come home, you know. Uh, USM uh, Southern Miss has a great program in that too. So come home uh, and and yeah. so she's she's doing that and has been really well. So we were about to be empty nesters, and when he headed to Starville, she came home to Hattiesburg. So it was really nice. We yeah. weren't looking forward to the empty nest. And I'm gonna tell you, uh, as a father of a daughter, as I know you are, mm-hmm. you don't blink, man, because it's it goes by fast. Well, it is going by fast. She's eight. My daughter's eight, right? So she's home from the second mm-hmm. grade. And what I was going to say is, like, she's home from the second grade doing her second grade work at home on the computer, and there are questions that I don't know the answer to that stuff. <laughs> See, it's one, at least you have an excuse if your kids are home from college, you know. I'm supposed, to, right. I'm supposed to know the second grade material. But, you know, yeah. so we're spending time uh, with families, but it does mean there are a lot of families that are at home, and so the eating routine has been adjusted. And, and Robert, I just wanted to ask you, What's your encouragement to us and to my listeners and to me in regards to, in the middle of this, the the way that we can safely try to support our local restaurants? Yeah, I think um, curbside delivery restaurants are, you know, very in tune to health practices and health standards from the get-go. Yeah. And uh, if there are managers at a restaurant, they've been what's called serve safe certified and and so you you shouldn't worry about those type things and 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 we're we're obviously practicing uh tons of sanitary principles and and keeping keeping our distance practicing social distancing actually today we've got the Mississippi Services blood truck uh, out in front of the restaurant trying to help 
because uh, you know, mm-hmm. in this time with this crisis, the the blood supply is short. So we've we've got, but we've got chairs uh, <laughs> spread out for people waiting at about six feet apart. So, but no, that? I think uh, you know, restaurants that can hang on in this time are all, I'm sure, we know ours are practicing mm-hmm. um, principles that that they need to follow, and you know, it's. Food handling is is what we do for a living. We've been sure. doing. I've been doing it thirty, you know, thirty two years. So, mm-hmm. right. Well, um, I I know that I've heard a lot of people talk. You know, and like I live in a different town. You're in Hattiesburg. I'm in Tupelo. Mm-hmm. Um, Beaver is there in in the Jackson area, and so many others listening are. Um, but I I I really believe that there are thousands and thousands of people who are sensitive to how hard this is hitting the restaurant industry and, and are just looking for ways to help. What about buying gift cards? I mean, I hear that. Yeah, That's certainly a, a, a great way to help. And, um, you know, the other thing, I mean, really from the government, you know, we're waiting on this, uh, mm-hmm. the house to, to pass this thing. If you, I don't, I don't think uh, most of our delegation is going to have a problem with it, but that's the other thing is this is one of those, I'm, I'm a, <laughs> I'm a pretty conservative guy and, and typically am not in favor of government kind of stepping in and helping business, but this is an unprecedented uh, situation. But, yeah, gift cards are are a great way to help. Uh, you know, you can they can get the cash now and uh, be spent later, but that's, of course, if they're open. Yeah. You know, uh, so many places have already closed. A lot of ours have closed already. It's just, yeah. you know, the situation's untenable. And, sure. But but our, I've got a meeting with uh, all my managers at two o'clock today. We're going over, you know, what we can do to help people file for unemployment. I've told, you know, all of our uh, employees, all three hundred, that we consider them a team member. Even though this thing isn't open, I mean, you know, we're we're doing everything we can to help them get all the assistance they need. That's you know, it's been my uh, other than my family's safety and health. Uh, you know, that's. My primary goal is is taking care of these 300 people whose, you know, lives are affected by the decisions I make. Sure. You know, I was talking to Ben Howland earlier, and um, we kind of got on a teamwork angle. You know, he was talking about how, in a lot of ways, we want to get out. We want to get out and go do stuff, but we shouldn't because we are also responsible for each other, right? Like on a team. Right. And for you, man, as a business owner, you're you're not only the GM, you're the head coach. You know, I mean, yeah. so there's definitely a sports parallel for you in the way you're dealing with all those employees. Yeah, so you know that's been my primary goal, and uh, we're we're doing what we can. We're going to help them get everything they can, and uh, you know, hopefully this thing will uh, come back to normal sooner rather than later. But for your listeners who are at home mm-hmm. wondering how they could help but want to stay isolated, which is the wise thing to do, um, uh, there's, a, there's a charity that I'm involved with called Extra Table. And uh, Extra Table is uh, what we do is we buy food wholesale in bulk, and we get it to different food pantries and soup kitchens all across the state. Uh, those places are getting hit hard now because you've got tens of thousands of Mississippians who are who are out of work. I was I was talking to one of our local pantries here the other day, and they said they've had so many new clients 
uh, signing up. We're, we just took, uh, I think, 600 cases of food to eight different agencies today. Um, we cleaned out uh, three different casinos on the coast and di- distributed that food. Uh, to agencies on the coast that are helping people. So if anybody's interested, there's the way you can help. You don't have to get out and volunteer and, and pack, you know, rice and beans in bags or anything. You can just go to extratable.org, extratable.org, give a little donation. Every little bit helps. We will use 100% of that donation to purchase healthy food. And uh, we purchase uh, wholesale and in bulk. So, if you, Matt, if you wanted to go to the grocery store today, spend $500 and fill up a shopping cart to take to an agency, we could take that same $500, and since we're buying wholesale in bulk, we can fill two shopping carts. Mm-hmm. And we deliver directly to the agency. We partner with food, food service distributors. And, uh, you know, so that's a way people, you've got, You've got single moms right now who uh, used to, you know, holding down two jobs to feed her kids, who, who, and and they don't have any jobs. Some of those people, you know, are, are people I know and work for me. You got seniors who are at home right now, living on a fixed income, and typically they're trying to figure out: can I go to the grocery store or can I pay the light bill? Right now, they can't even go to the grocery store. They've been told not to go out, and so they're relying on Meals on Wheels and things like that, and. And the agents we, agencies we support, we're a small little end of, we run with uh, two full-time people on a statewide agency delivered over 40 different uh, food pantries and mission pantries across the state. So that's a great way to help because I know a lot of people are sitting at home, man, I wish I could do something, but I just don't, don't need to get out. Right. Well, that's a way you can do something. Go to extratable.org. If you're in Tupelo or if you're in the Delta or Oxford or Biloxi, or Merida, wherever you are, that donation, 100% of that donation will stay in your area and go to supply a a soup kitchen or mission pantry in your area. Really cool. I just uh, clicked on it here to take a look. Extra, And it's really clear. If you're listening, it's extratable.org. There's uh, some uh, links right at the top. And the first one you see says donate. You can click that right there. And, you know, what I like about it, Robert is there's no question what the money's going for if I donate. Yeah. You know, it's not in somebody's pocket. Mm-hmm. Well, it's one of our founding principles. A couple of things. I started this 10 years ago, and it's really just grown into some. There's a lady named Martha Allen who's the executive director, and she's a firecracker, man. She's up in Jackson loading up all those uh, cases today. But, um, <laughs> you know, the founding principles there were. Number one, 100% of the money we raise for food is going to food. Administrative costs and things like that we'll, we'll do separately. And number two, it's always going to be healthy food. Mm-hmm. And uh, so it's all low-fat proteins, low-sugar fruits, healthy grains. Uh, the past few days, uh, Salad Day's uh, produce uh, in Flora, Mississippi, has had just tons of lettuce that they were planning on you know, shipping to restaurants. But all the restaurants are closed, and so we've been taking that lettuce and and getting it out to our people, and so you know everything's healthy, um, and uh, it's just a it's a it's a really good way to give. What it is, it's a nonprofit. It's a five hundred one c three nonprofit that's based on business principles. Yeah. So what we do is we use uh, we use like Cisco, the food service. We use their purchasing power. We use their inventory, and we use their shipping. Mm-hmm. And we raise money and 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 get these food to those agencies. Really cool. Hey, uh, Robert. I really appreciate uh, the time here 
uh, you know, minutes before you're going into a very important meeting. And so yeah. that's not lost on me, and I really appreciate it. Matt, you're a good man. We appreciate what you do for the state, and you hug that wife and daughter hard for me, okay? Yeah, will oh. do. Will do. All right, buddy. Hey, hang in there. Enjoy the front porch. All right, I will. <laughs> Take care, man. All right, see you. Bye. That's Robert St. John. He's a, he's a good guy. You know, and I, I tell you, there's a lot of good going on out there. And there are a lot of people that are struggling. Um, but I think Robert can be an example to us. You're talking about a man who in uh, about half an hour from right now is going to step into a meeting with his managers of six different restaurants and, and I guess three other businesses that they're all responsible for about 300 employees. They're trying to figure this out. They've already shut the doors on a few places. And we just spent half the time talking about a charity that he started where he can take 100% of your donation and give food to people who don't have it. There's a reason why some people are a cut above. Maybe we need to follow that example. Let's worry less about me and more about you and us. Just getting started. Hour two, a little ways to go. Stick around. You're listening to The Matt Wyatt Show. You know, we do the best we can, right? What was it Teddy Roosevelt said? I am a sucker for Teddy Roosevelt quotes, I'll admit it. One of my favorite um, paragraphs, I guess you'd call it, is his speech about the man in the arena. Look that one up if you've never seen it. But I think it was Teddy Roosevelt who said, just simply, do what you can with what you have where you are. Great advice. That's kind of what we're doing. We're doing what we can with what we have where we are. And so you come here, you tune in to this radio show and others um, every day. And knowing that we're normally a sports show, (laughs) but there aren't any games going on, obviously. There's plenty of sports topics, but I'm doing the best I can trying to figure out, okay, what is topical and not a waste of your time. And with everybody and all of us, our lives are directly tied to COVID-19, affected by it in some way, either minimal, easy for me to say, minimally or severely, One and all points in between, but we're all affected by it. And so, sure, there are times when, you know, we may just turn our nose up at it and say, ah, let's just talk about baseball just for fun. Or let's do a funny thing just because we want to laugh. But then there are other times when it's just here. It's where we are. It's what's going on. And we're going to talk about it on this show. Uh, on the country, please, and text line, 885-ESPNJ in Flagstaff, Arizona, says... Uh, 
he says, I think COVID-19 killed Edward Ashoff, you know, the young in really good physical condition writer for ESPN who passed away with a, a basically an unknown, unspecified pneumonia mm-hmm, at Los Angeles. When? Back in January, Jason, or was it December? Anyway, it was surrounding there. No, December 24th, he says. Let me read you what Jason said. He said, anyway, China only admitted this virus was a thing back in December when a doctor there in Wuhan went on Facebook Live showing a video of the hospital overflowing with the dying or the dead. The way it is here, they knew they had a problem two, three, six months before that. As early as May last year, he said Edward Ashoff died of, quote, unspecified pneumonia, December 24th. I mean, and and the thing back then, Jason, when Ashoff passed away with this unspecified pneumonia, it was such a shock. And we go, there had to be some other issue. People don't just die from an unspecified pneumonia at like 28 or whatever he was. Do they? I mean, we couldn't figure it out. And then to go, well, unspecified. It's really interesting. And tragic. Jason says he is absolutely a Teddy Roosevelt conservative. He says, and I'll leave it right there. He said it'll make them both mad. (laughs) I'm with you. That's good. Hey, look over here on the Divinity Equipment phone, our friend in Baltimore, Jay in Baltimore on the phone line. What's up, Jay? Hey, Jay. If you're there. I'm sorry, I was on mute. Oh, I got you <laughs> I'm now. Here, I'm That's here. okay. We're, we we get that all the time. No problem. And, uh, well, I'll just start by saying um, my daughter and I have been watching the Florida State, the Vandy, the Auburn Super Regional and Regional and, and World Series uh, videos for the last, uh, seems like, three or four days. And <laughs> it's been great missing baseball. Yeah. But the reason for my call is non-baseball today, and I just listened to the Robert St. John um uh, segment there, and, and I just want to share a memory. And I, I'll tell you, so a memory from my childhood that will be forever burned in my mind is tagging along with my mom as she delivered food to poor areas of, of Mississippi uh, through the Meals on Wheels program. Mm-hmm. It, uh, I, I just remember it vividly, and I, I remember just kind of learning. That was when I kind of realized that there was a lot of people that have a lot less than I did. And uh, it, it, I think it just always shaped my uh the way I looked at a lot of things moving forward. So I just thought I'd share. Yeah. I appreciate that, Jay. And that's it. There, there are a lot of people that are doing so much good. And I think I thought this out loud earlier in the week when I was looking at a story. And then of course, you know, the last couple of days we got this story of like Drew Brees and his family donating $5 million to help make sure people have food. And there's so many people doing good things that I feel like, I need to do a better job of highlighting it, finding it, make sure we know and and maybe support those. And yeah, um, there are a lot of people doing a lot of good things and have for a long time. Thanks, Jay. Appreciate you. Thank you. Bye. Yep. Call anytime. Yeah, Ponto called in earlier and he, you know, it's listen. A little orange juice 
and physical exercise is not going to prevent you from catching the flu, let alone coronavirus. Okay. Now, I mean, all those things are good habits. Yeah. And I guess to someone who can not get any vaccines or shots and make it just fine, then good. Good. Absolutely. Good on you. But 99.9% of us need a flu shot. Okay. It's the way it is. It's a fact. It's just the way it had gone. Y'all remember Ponto's also the one that told me that when he was 40-something years old, he ran a 4 or 540. And we had a good laugh because I I, I told him it was bull. <laughs> Ain't no way. <laughs> Just bull. <laughs> but we had a good laugh about it that day. What can we laugh about today, huh? Let's see if we can figure it out. Uh, feel free to text me, country please, and text line. It's 885-ESPN. 885-ESPN. That's a 601 number. Also, uh, give me a call. Love to hear your voice on the Divinity Equipment phone. Hit me up on Twitter. It's at Radio Wyatt. It's all, all right there. And uh, I'll see it. Thanks to everybody who tuned in on the Facebook live stream earlier in the show as well. And if you missed any of those interviews, don't worry. We had Ben Howland on in the first hour. Just got through with Robert St. John. Talked to him a little bit ago. Really good stuff from both. Um, successful people. There's a reason that certain people elevate. And if you want to hear it again, we'll get it posted on the podcast. Anywhere you get a podcast, just search for The Matt Wyatt Show. You'll see it. Subscribe and you'll get them every day. And then also we'll get it posted for you on Facebook. And I'll send links out to all that stuff on Twitter later. So don't fret. We will make it available to you. People in Houston, Texas are fretting right now. They might lose their quarterback. Yep. Deshaun Watson. Now he's a really good young player, right? No doubt about it. But apparently, with Tom Brady leaving New England, I don't know if it's a rumor that popped up or if he started the rumor. I don't know. But they are saying that there have been some, what's the right word, like cryptic tweets or messages on social media from Deshaun Watson, the former Clemson QB, and, and people are taking it as maybe alluding to wanting a trade to New England or something like that. Let, let me see if you take it this way. I'm looking at it over here. CBS is reporting this. Watson, it says, posted the following cryptic messages on his Twitter page. And while no one is certain who Watson is alluding to in these messages, it's probable, it says, that something is bothering him. Now, if this were college football, the umbrella advice in college sports is never try to understand a college athlete's tweets. <laughs> but this is an NFL quarterback. He tweeted, never take advice from a person who don't love you. You got to walk light, got to stay above water. Don't deal with the lies and the frauds. That's why I don't get involved. 
And he said, I don't know how I'm going to make it out of here clean. Can't even keep track of who plays for the other team. Iconic duos rip and split at the seams. Is he right? What are those lyrics? I mean, what is this? All right. Now, as soon as I see it and I read through it, I go, okay, yeah, maybe so. If, if I followed Deshaun Watson on Twitter, I probably would have glanced right over it and not thought much about it. But since somebody at CBS thinks that it's something to it, I just thought I would look at this. So you tell me, is he upset? Because we know that there was some kind of weird and almost uncomfortable friction between Bill O'Brien, the head coach, who's now also the GM. He's the GM and the head coach. And the first thing that he did is he traded DeAndre Hopkins, the outstanding receiver, the best offensive player in Houston, traded him away. And so Deshaun Watson, the quarterback, sitting here going, what? I'm sure. And then the details come out that some things were said that weren't necessarily great and and all this kind of stuff. And now he's tweeting some, I'm talking way out of left field things here. Anyway, people in the industry really do believe there's rumors, some smoke to the rumor that Deshaun Watson wants a trade to New England. <laughs> what would New England have to do to get him? I mean, come on. I'm Matt. We'll wrap it up next. Stick around. You're listening to The Matt Wyatt Show.